0: You can turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. I taught a little class some years back. We just called it a little evangelism course. Actually, I was in the middle of teaching that class when I first visited Lakeway when it was over on Bender Road. It was, so I guess I was back in 2006. And so when I first came to the church, I, I, wanted, I wanted to come here full-blown, every service all the time. But I was in the middle of an obligation of teaching a class. And I enjoyed it. I needed it. And it, it had to do with sharing our faith. To, to be able to witness to others. To come out of our shell and, and to be more evangelistic. So it was, it was very, it was very good for me. And, and during the, this course, we were challenged every week with something new to do. Uh, if, if I'll start in the second week with you and go through the end, the, the first week was simply to, to go up to strangers and, and j- just to speak, just to say hello, how you doing? Whether you're pumping gas or in the store or whatever, speak to strangers. And then when it would go on to another week to where we would leave a witnessing track. Somewhere where someone would definitely get it. I mean, they make them the size of your credit card so you can put them in the slot at the gas station. You know, what better for someone to do while they're pumping gas than to read something from God's Word. So we would do that. And then it got to personally handing a track in someone's hand. And, 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 uh, it, it ended up with personally sharing the Gospel of Jesus Christ in person with someone in such a way that there was no argument and, and they could clearly see their need for a Savior. It, it was a pretty good way to do it. There, you should never value the method over the message or, or the power of God. He's the one that does the saving. Um, but it was a really good class. But going back to the first week, the first week our challenge was to go to other Christians and ask them if they share their faith, if they witness, and do they do that regularly, and if not, why? And those that said no gave me a a lot of different reasons. Um, They were really honest. Someone said, well, I I don't ever think about it. Someone else said, well, I, I don't ever slow down to do anything like that. I don't take the time to do it. Another comment would be, well, I'm just too shy and that's not within my personality to be able to do that. And and I heard numerous responses from people, but the one that goes with the message tonight and the one that just never left my mind was the person who said, well, I don't want to be persecuted for it. I don't want to suffer the shame. I, I don't want to be talked down to or anything like that. And, and so that, that leads us into what we're going to talk about tonight. I, I tell you what, it, I, I don't know if it was the first time I witnessed to someone, but, but there was a time in the very beginning of my Christian life when, when I witnessed with someone and, and they got as mad as a hornet. Um, I thought there was going to be a fight. I thought I must be the most horrible witness that there ever was. And, and maybe I didn't say it uh, in, in a great developed type manner, but but I tell you, we can expect that. We can expect that kind of response from people. And, and that goes into what we're going to talk about tonight. In 1 Peter 4.16, Peter writes, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Let the sufferer not be ashamed. I looked up the meaning of suffer and Webster says it like this. It's to undergo something painful or unpleasant. It's to undergo affliction. It's to experience pain or harm to yourself. Maybe maybe that brings up A time that you shared your faith with someone else. I don't know. But that's something that we go through sometimes as a child of God. And then to be ashamed has to do with disgrace or dishonor that would lead us to regret for what we have done. You know, we, and we might as well ask a few questions about this as we learn uh, the right mindset that we're to have about this. So let me just say, who is not to be ashamed here? Now, Peter is writing to a certain group of scattered out Christians. That's immediately who this word to went to. And and he calls them Christians. Last week we talked about how the believers in Antioch were first called Christians. If King Agrippa would have accepted the invite from Paul, to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he knew he would be called a Christian. He said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And and we're called Christians today. The child of God, the Christ follower, is a Christian. So let us understand that this word is going out to every single child of God. Let the sufferer, for Christ's sake, not be ashamed. Let us take the following questions. We'll go into some more questions about suffering and answer them for our learning that we might get well-rounded in our mind about this business of being ashamed for our suffering. We shouldn't be. I guess the question might be asked, what would be, what is the thing to be ashamed of? What is the suffering that we would go through? Well, a Christian is hated. A Christian can be hated. Jesus said in John 15, 18, and 19, He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So we may be hated. For being a Christian. But you know it's recorded in Luke chapter 1. A prophecy from Zacharias. He said we should be saved from our enemies. And from the hand of them that hate us. So being hated, that might be something that would happen to, a, to someone that is living in the will of God who's not sh- hiding their light under a bushel, but is letting it shine for all the world to see and being a witness and a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we could probably name ten or eleven more things, but let's just go with one more. Slandered. We, we will be slandered for our faith. Peter says on two different occasions, he says, he speaks of them that will speak evil against you. So that will happen to the Christian. We talked about it this morning with the Apostle Paul. He was lied upon because of what he believed. He was lied upon because of what he talked. He was talked bad about because of the faith that he lived for. So So being slandered is something that happens to the Christian who is living in the will of God. So this is a little bit of the suffering that we're talking about that we may go through. But not only do we want to talk about what kind of suffering will we go through, but, but why should we not be ashamed of suffering for Jesus' sake? Well, I'll start with the biggest one I feel like I have here first, and that is it's a result of following our example of The Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said Christ also suffered for us, leaving an example that we should follow His steps. So so as we follow the Lord, He suffered for us. He suffered in the things that He did according to the truth and according to faith in this life. So we'll suffer just as He did. But not only that, why should we not be ashamed of suffering? Well, suffering is to be expected Jesus said, in this world, ye shall suffer tribulation. The trials and the troubles and the sufferings that we go through, it's to be expected. Jesus let us know that this is going to happen. But why else should we not be ashamed of our suffering? Well, it's an effect of godly living. It's going to happen when we're living for the Lord. As Paul was training and coaching up young Timothy in the faith, he told him, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So, so you know you're living in the will of God and things are going right when you're suffered for your faith. But not only that, suffering has been extended to us as an opportunity. I, I, don't, I don't know how many people have a favorite verse on suffering, but I believe this would be it for me in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29. It says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. It, it's, a, it's an opportunity to be able to do that for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why should we not be ashamed of suffering? Well, it gives us endurance. In Romans chapter 5, Paul says, Tribulation worketh patience. So these things we go through will bring about an endurance in our lives. So the suffering that we go through actually gives us a strength. I don't believe we realized it at the time, but, but we think back on some that we went through, and it was a learning process, it was a maturing process, and we came to an understanding of why we were going through what we were going through. And it was for Jesus' sake. People make the joke that, you know, they don't pray for patience because because troubles are going to come because that's what produces patience. You know, troubles are going to come no matter what. But as we think about this Portion of trouble, as in suffering for Jesus' sake, it gives us endurance. We become stronger. We become strengthened as a result of it. Why should we not be ashamed of suffering? Suffering gives us some of the experiences of our Lord Jesus Christ. He too suffered. And Paul said in Philippians, he he expressed his desire to know Him. He says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Paul understood that he was going to know more about his Lord. He was going to become closer to Him. He was going to have a greater understanding of his Savior as he went through some of the things that our lord himself went through as as I give you this last one be careful with the the subtitle of it it elevates us to worthiness why would we uh, want to suffer for Jesus sake why should we not be ashamed of suffering well I say it elevates us to worthiness not that any of us are ever worthy of the Lord and and it's only by his grace and his mercy that we belong to him and that we're saved but listen to what is said to the church at Thessalonica in the, in the second letter, chapter one, verses four and five. It says, So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. And these persecutions and tribulations are a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye suffer. So will you buy that, that it, that it elevates us to a worthiness, if you will. And, and, and we could go on and on with those, but, but, and, and we see why we're going to suffer for Jesus' sake. And it's some good reasons, and it gives us some good understanding, and it does help us, but, but how? How are we going to go through this? How are we going to endure this? Well, there's a couple of things we'll share. One thing is the assurance that we have that comes from faith. Paul's writing to Timothy again. And in 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul again tells him, "...for the which cause I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed." For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. There is a blessed assurance in our faith that helps us to do what we're called to do here. It, 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 It takes the shame out of our suffering. We have an understanding of what we're called to do. We understand why we should not be ashamed of our suffering. And the assurance that comes from faith is how we're able to endure and go through this. But not only that, Isaiah speaks of some help from the Lord in this. In Isaiah 50, verse 7, it says, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded, therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. The blessed assurance that comes from our faith and the help of the Lord. The Lord helps us through everything that we go through. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He is always there for us in a time of need when we need help. I was speaking to someone at the end of the service this morning and they were talking about something really tough that they're going through in life and that they're having to endure and... It's something that's obviously in God's will. They, they are doing God's will in what they're doing. And, and I told them the good thing about it, the Lord the Lord gives you strength, no doubt about it, for what you're going through for His sake. When you're doing something of righteousness, when you're doing something that, that's right, you know He's going to help you and to see you through it. Well, we have an understanding of some of the things that may come upon us in our suffering, we, we will be hated maybe, we will be slandered, we, we know this. We also see that there are blessings, there are benefits, and there is a greater closeness with our Lord that comes from the suffering that we go through for His sake. We Our faith in Him and the help that He gives us, enables us to be able to endure all that we need to go through for his sake. You know, in Acts chapter 5 verse 41, the apostles were were beaten and the apostles were forbidden to preach and they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Rejoicing in, in the closeness that they had with the Lord. And something that they know that they go through that's in the will of God. To count it worthy to suffer shame for His name. Well, let's close with a question I'm sure we already know the answer to. But let us be refreshed tonight. When should we be not be ashamed of suffering? When is it that we go through this? Well, friends, it's not going to be in heaven. There's no suffering in heaven. In Revelation, it says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. So it's not going to be on that great glad reunion day. It's not going to be when we're all in heaven together. And we're furthermore told that we much through much much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Peter tops it off with letting us know that we shall suffer while we are in the flesh. So it's here and it's right now that we're going to go through these things as children of God, suffering as we're trusting in the Lord by faith and we're living in His will and, and we're reaching out to those with the with the truth and the gospel of Christ. There's going to be some suffering that comes along with it. But you know what? It's It's only going to be for a little while. This is such a short time compared to eternity with our Father in heaven. We're here only for a season, only for a short time. Peter said, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto His eternal glory uh, by Christ Jesus after that ye have suffered a while. That little word, that word a while, it has to do with a very short season. It has to do with a small portion of time. It has to do with, with something that, that's going to go so quickly. Paul said, our light afflictions which are but for a moment... So, this is a very short time that we're going. It's briefly that we go through this. And after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, Peter said. Establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. So, when it comes to living out our faith in the Lord, we can plan on some suffering. We can plan on it being there. We can prepare for it. Because God's Word, God's Word lets us know that we're going to go through it. We receive many privileges in the things that we go through for Christ's sake as we live for Him. And we know that it will soon pass. It's not going to be here for very long. This short life of faith as we live it in this world and as we go through the suffering that comes upon us, it's not going to be for very long. You know, and there's some suffering that you and I will never go through <clears throat> there's some suffering that that no one will ever experience and that suffering is the suffering that Jesus experienced on Calvary's hill for all of us. No one will will ever go through that. That suffering on Calvary's hill that brought us to God. Peter says just just a little ways back from our text in chapter 3 verse 18 for Christ also hath once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quick by the Spirit. Jesus put away all of our sin. He suffered for all of our sin. And He says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, For then must He often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath He appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. Dear friends, that's some suffering that you and I will never have to go through. That's some suffering that you and I never could go through. There wasn't a possibility to conquer it, but Jesus Christ did. And in Acts chapter 17, verse 3, we see it says, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. Praise God that this suffering that you and I will never go through, that He did go through, He conquered, He came out victorious, He rose from the dead, He defeated death, hell, and the grave, He has the power and ability to wash away all sins. He paid the price for everyone. Praise God. If you have never... Trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know. In a way, there's there's something that that no one is ever going to suffer for. You know, I've been I, I've talked about the fact that that people would go to hell and spend eternity without God because they'll pay the penalty for sin. But I want you to to think about something. I'm not giving you something to argue about. Just to think about Jesus Christ paid the penalty. For every single person. For the entire world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So the penalty has already been paid. But there is one sin that will not be forgiven. And that one sin comes down to rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. That's how someone will not spend eternity with God. For rejecting Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for everyone. He suffered that penalty for all of our sins. For all of us, the salvation that He offers, that He suffered for to provide for us, it promises us the splendor of heaven for eternity, and there are rewards for you and I for suffering for righteousness' sake. There are there are things that we're going to have that are going to be eternal. They're never going to fade away. They're not going to tarnish. They're not going to rush. They're not going to lose their luster with us. It's going to be something permanent that we can have forever. And that's going to come from suffering for righteousness' sake. May May we embrace our Lord Jesus Christ, and the suffering that He did for all of us. May we consider that as we go through some suffering for His sake, as we as we do not remain in a shell, but we come out to tell the whole world about this great saving news in the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father in Heaven, dear God, we come to You this evening. And Lord, I trust that You have placed what You've wanted me to preach on my heart, dear God. And, and Lord, in a time where there are so many that desperately need to hear of Your saving grace, that, that they need to know the power of You and Your salvation, that's enough to save their soul, dear God. May we never be ashamed of what we go through as we're a faithful witness for You, dear Father. Lord, we have the example of our precious Lord and Savior that we may go by. Dear Lord, as the words that you gave Paul was, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Lord, may we all have that understanding and that mindset, Lord. May we be willing to go through whatever we need to go through to be faithful to You, to serve our purpose as Your children before You take us home, Father. Dear God, just touch the hearts of everyone here. You know what their hearts are in need of. Dear God, move as only You can upon them, Lord. And if there be one here that has never known the saving grace that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we pray that they would trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior even tonight. And we pray these things in Christ's name.